crazy. So if I hack and cough my way through this, please forgive me. Um, uh, Kevin Duncan did remind me to try to mute my mic if a coughing spell comes on. So we'll figure that one out. Um, I'm starting a new series today, and I'm reverting back to a series we've done several times. And I realized as I was switching gears out of our last series that um, it has been almost four years since I talked about what many of us wear on our chest. I love my church. I love my church. And, and you know, I think that's an important thing. I remember when we first got these shirts. I think we, we first got these shirts in 2012, maybe. It, it, was, it was a while ago. And I remember I was wearing one one time. I went to Lowe's, and I was wearing um, my I Love My Church shirt. And um, the lady was checking me out. And she ran whatever I was buying through the scanner. And then, and then she said, can I ask you a question? Um, and I went, yeah, sure. She said, do you really mean that? And I went, yeah. Yeah, I really do love my church. She went, that's amazing. I'm like, I'm like, okay, uh, you know, and, and, it, and I mean, it was like she was shocked that someone would even just even advertise this type of a thing. Like, like I mean, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to hate your church? You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I just go there, but I just despise it totally. You know, I hate the people. I hate the music. I hate the preacher. I hate everything about it. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what she was expecting other than the fact that the reality is I think a lot of people are a part of a church for for whatever obligation they may feel. And they may be a part of a church because um, it's just like convenient to go to. You know, they, they may be a part of a church because they've just always been a part of that denomination and their family has always been a part of that denomination. And uh, some people might go to church just because their family's there. This, uh, it's just like, a, like, well, my family's there. That's where we go. I don't really like it, but, you know, it is what it is. And, and to me, I think that's so contrary, that idea that, that really church has become just a meeting place, um, you know, don't really enjoy it, but I feel this obligation to go, and, and I'm really not connected with anyone. Now, I mean, you know I'm going to talk about that today. Today is our Connect Group launch Sunday, and so it's not, it's not by accident that I'm sort of switching our vision statement around. Of course, we love God, we connect with others, and we serve with excellence, and that's sort of what we do, and that's what we strive to do. But, but today, I, I want to talk about this idea of, a ch- of the church. I, I look around, and, and when Jesus said this in Matthew 16, 18, he said, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Uh, you know, I mean, there could be a lot of debate on what the rock is here. I, I believe that personally, I believe when I read that, and I read what happened just prior to Jesus saying this to Peter, that he's talking about the revelation of Christ, that the rock is the revelation of Christ. I mean, we certainly know that the gospel is the revelation of Christ, that Christ came and, and, and died on a cross and was buried and he rose again and he was seen 
by people alive. And, and Paul wrote that, that this is the gospel that I preach to you. So we understand that the gospel is about Christ. I believe that the rock is about Christ. This revelation that, that, that Peter had just declared, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and, and Jesus turned and said, I'm going to tell you something, Peter. On this rock, I'm going to build my church. We also understand that that rock could, could include the original apostles and the original coming together of, uh, of, of, of the doctrine of the church. That it's built on the foundation of Christ and also on the teaching that, that came to people. This rock of revelation concerning everything about the church. But I do know this, that when Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church... He wasn't talking about a building. You know, I mean, I think that that, 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 has to, that has to come to the forefront of our mind because we tend to think of the church as this structure right here. That people, we drove by the church. I, I, someone texted me the other day, a friend of mine texted me the other day, and I said, I have just drove by your church. And he was talking about this building, this building. And, and yet when Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church, he wasn't talking about a building. Matter of fact, it would be many years before the church would begin to actually build and construct church buildings, buildings specifically for the church. Matter of fact, the early church, proven in the book of Acts, mostly gathered either in the temples that were already being used by the Jewish people in their faith, and, and, and they would meet mostly in homes. You know, they would gather in homes and, and God rose up. There were some very influential people. When you do a historical study on those homes, many of them had courtyards. And, and they were, most of the time, homes of the more wealthy people that would have spacious rooms in their home to, for people to meet together. And, and then as the church grew, as the church developed, then... Buildings began to be constructed, and somewhere along the way, the word church switched from the people to the building. And I think what we try to capture in this, in, in, in this environment is this revelation that, you know, I love my church because it is a place for genuine connections. I love my church because it is a place for genuine connections. That it's a place for us to not just think about a meeting place, but think about meeting people. And, and, and that can be on all levels. That can be on all levels. I mean, I think today, um, uh, this week, uh, one of my golf compadres celebrated his 73rd birthday. And he's getting old. You got Devin to blame for that. He's getting old. But I think about the connection that, that we made in our life that, that if it weren't for the concept of the church being connections, we, we, wouldn't, even, we wouldn't even know each other. That, that, that as we gather together, matter of fact, this word church, I think it's important 
that, that it's, it's a Greek word. That Greek word is ekklesia. And, and it, 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 it literally means a calling out, a popular meeting, or specifically a religious congregation. The church. And we understand that there is this idea of the church at large. It's, it's global. But the global church is comprised of many Races, creeds, and nations that gather together as local religious congregations of called out people who have a popular meeting. So we must keep in mind that the purpose of the church is to connect with God while connecting with others in order for us together as a community fulfill the great commission and minister to people. In order for us to accomplish this, we need to move beyond, and, and I, I, this is so important, we need to move beyond simply coming to church and recognize that we should belong to the church. We don't just come to church. What did you do Sunday? Well, I went to church. I mean, would it, would it be better to say, what did you do Sunday? Well, I gathered together with the other called out people. As a religious congregation, and we had a popular meeting. I mean, think about that for a second. I mean, it, doesn't, that, doesn't that seem more in line with what we see the early church did? That, that it wasn't just, well, I went to church. I mean, when, when we were growing up, we used to say it like this, I have to go <laughs> to church. <laughs> Anybody remember that language? Yeah. What are you doing tonight? I have to go to church. Well, it was about all we could do, right? You know? And so, and so we had a lot of church. Oh, my goodness. We'd, we'd get into old-time revival meetings that sometimes would last months. <laughs> yeah, the, the 73-year-old is speaking again. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we would have church on, come on, you know this too, we'd have church, the revival would go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Sunday again, right? So you, you got, that's the revival meeting, all right? And if it was a good revival, you'd have prayer meeting on Monday and Tuesday, all right? And so you're going to prayer meeting Monday and Tuesday, and, and those prayer meetings a lot of times would last two and three hours. Some of you would have a heart attack. <laughs> and, and then we would, and then we, <laughs> boy, the cheap seats are squawking today. My goodness, goodness, who let those people in? Anyway. Oh, yeah, we have, you know, and, and then you go to church. And, and listen, listen, I, I, remember, I remember this. They didn't care if you had school the next day. I mean, Wednesday night church might last till midnight. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, and, and, and Thursday, the same thing, and Friday, the same thing, and Saturday, the same thing, and Sunday morning, I mean, it would last till like from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock in the afternoon, right? And then you'd turn right around and get back for 5 o'clock prayer meeting because we can't have 6 o'clock Sunday night service until we, until we pray through, and, and so you're in, I used to say, I have to go to church. I have to go. I have to go. There's no option. <laughs> Get yourself dressed. We're going to church. 
I think that, I think that the idea of church should be a little better than that, that I have to go. And a part of what makes church the church. What is the church? Well, I've already said. It's a, it's a calling out of, of, of a group that make up a religious congregation that have a popular meeting. That, that it's, a, it's the people. It's the people. The idea of it is that we belong to the church because we belong to each other. Never, 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 never is there a picture of the church where those who are involved with it did not make genuine connections within that religious congregation. Never do we see a picture of the church of isolated entities, island people. I'm not talking about people and together. I'm talking about the only thing you talk to is Wilson the volleyball. Like you're a castaway. Like you just live in isolation. People who need people are not the loneliest people in the world. About the rest reaching way back, that you know, but you, hey, it's the truth. People who need people. Matter of fact, when we read about the church, look at Romans 12. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members don't have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So whatever, whatever role that God has placed in your life, whatever, whatever gift, if I could say it in that biblical sense, that God has given you to serve the rest of the body, God has gifted you not to talk to Wilson, the volleyball. <clears throat> God has gifted you in order for you to belong to each other so that we can sing with Barney, I need you, you need me, we're a happy family. Because, because there are gifts in my life and there are eras of my life that I depend on your gifts. There are things that I do that are significant to everyone else. And there are things that you do that are significant to everyone else. And God calls us out with purpose. He calls us out with purpose. And we belong to each other. We, 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 we belong to the church and the churches, the people. I mean, I think there are many ideas in, these, in, the, in this verse here that, that we could talk about. I mean, everyone has a part to play in God's church story. Everyone has a part to play in God's church story. You are, you are important to the body. And you say, well, I don't feel very important. I, maybe, I'm a, 
Maybe I'm, you know, a, a hidden part of the body. I don't feel important, but you are important. You're a member of the body. Well, I mean, I wish I could be like the hand. I wish I had gifts to grab things. I don't, I don't understand why I'm a kidney. I mean, I don't wake up every day and think about kidneys, right? I mean, some of you might. But, but you think it's a, hidden, it's a hidden part of the body, an extremely important hidden part of the body. And it has a function. And if it stops functioning correctly, the entire body suffers. Think about that for a second. You know, I've pastored, I've, I've been here, for those of you that don't know, I've been here since 1995 in, in the pastoral role. Since 1995, that, that's a day or two. You know what I'm saying? And so I've been, I've been a part of this one, this one congregation. I've been a part of this one congregation for, for all those years. And, and I've watched this play out in real life. I've watched it play out in real life. I've watched, I've watched times when, when, when someone who was extremely important to the health of our congregation, for whatever reason in their life, they got spiritually sick and suddenly quit functioning. Maybe, maybe even left the church over some disagreement or some disgruntledness. And I've seen that happen at times where where just one person, just one person, make a bad choice. And it take us months, if not sometimes even years, to get over it. Just feel like you're limping because here was this very important part of the body that has now been extracted and we're kind of just praying for God to give us a transplant and bring that particular gift back to our church. Bring somebody back. And I mean, that's, that's the reality of how important each one of us are. That God places the members in the body. That he places the members in the body for specific purpose. And whether it's a finger or whether it's a heart or whether it's an eye or whether it's, it's an ear See, think about this for a second. I mean, when Paul wrote about the body, he specifically called out sensory parts of the body. He, he called out the eye. He called out the smelling. He called out the hearing. And, and these things are extremely important in the body because, you know, if you are gifted as an ear in the church, you're hearing stuff that maybe someone else isn't hearing. Or, or, if, you're, or if you're gifted with... The gift of smelling in the church, you're smelling stuff. Like, something don't smell right. I remember one time we, we <laughs> I remember one time we were, I was preparing to give somebody a tour of our building, and I stepped in this door, I stepped in this, the back door here, 
into the building and immediately was, was hit with something don't smell right. So I'm thinking to myself, what in the world? And I'm thinking, man, did the nursery workers not take diapers out in a month or something? What is this smell? I start going through the building. And it wasn't diapers. And I keep going through the building. And I work my way through this entire building. I mean, the whole building is so embarrassing because these people are coming. And it smells like, like roadkill that's been in the sun for three days. Like something has died in the church building. And I'm, I'm going through there, and I work my, and then I, <laughs> we were housing our food bank over here in this, clo- this little closet over here at that time. So I, I said, I don't remember, Dave, if you just showed up, I don't remember if I called you, but, but whatever happened, somebody, I got Dave involved with it, and, and now he and I both are going through the building, so then we start blaming the food bank for it, right? Because, you know, you just got to blame someone for this smell. Like, are they potatoes rotten what are we smelling and so we start taking everything out everything out piling it into that little room and 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 and, man we still can find some then Dave and I get on our hands and knees and we start crawling along the wall because we've taken everything out and and we cannot it is terrible this smell and we're crawling along and we're smelling along the wall and we get to a certain place and it was in that wall all right? And at that point, Robert Weeks shows up. And we're like, there is something dead in this wall. You know? Oh, this is a great story. And, uh, it's a great story. And, yeah. What had happened was there was a, a hole out there on the outside. And a big old field rat, a big one, had gotten inside that wall have, after having ate rat poison and crawled up in that wall and died, all right, and stunk up the whole church. We had to rip a hole in the wall, all right? We, I mean, we, thank God Robert, he, he rips a hole and then that crazy guy just reaches in there and pulls it out. And I'm like... Robert Weeks, you have lost your mind. It is a rotting rat, and he's got it in his hand going, ooh. (laughs) Did you not? And he chased me around with it. (laughs) Pastor Rob. That guy is nuts. That's all I'm saying. But, but, man, you just walk in, it didn't smell right. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes people are gifted with that, with that sense of smelling or seeing, seeing. Some people are gifted with picking up rat carcasses. I don't know. But the reality of it is we all play a part in God's church story. You look at this, talk about our function in the body. What has God talented you to do. I mean, I think it takes the heat off of us. It takes the heat off of us when we learn to be satisfied with our place. I mean, the American culture, probably the Western culture as a whole, but the American culture is probably the worst at this, is that we're always 
vying for the next thing. Especially if we see someone else that has it. Like, I'm not satisfied with my Nissan truck because someone else has a Ford F-250 King Ranch edition. And so I, I live my life wanting a bigger and better and, and, and fail to be satisfied with what I've got, that, that this is my gift. This is my gift. I, I, I wasn't gifted to do some things. I wanted to be a drummer. Both of my boys are amazing drummers. Okay? Both of them. They're just phenomenal on the drums. And I wanted to be a drummer. I had a drum set in our house. I wanted to be a drummer. I am a pathetic drummer. I mean, I can keep a beat. But if you ask me to do anything more than that, it slides downhill really quick. You know? And, 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 and I could be jealous. I could be completely jealous of both my kids like you little rat. I wanted to be the drummer in the family. Really? And the thing that aggravates me even more about Boston is he didn't even take lessons. I mean, we spent thousands of dollars on Baylor. He was in lessons for years. And then one day, Boston just walks in the living room and goes, I think I'm going to start playing the drums. I look at him like, you ain't ever played the drums. You're a bass guy. I'm the keys guy. You're the bass guy. Baylor's the drummer guy. Boston's like, no, I'm going to start playing the drums. Six weeks later, he was our number one drummer. I'm like, what? You make me sick. I'm jealous. I, I, you know, and, and, and I can't be satisfied doing what I do. I, I play the instruments that the 73-year-old understands. <laughs> this, this organ is from 1956. <laughs> this keyboard is from 1973. You, you can't even buy replacement parts hardly. You know what I'm saying? And... and and I, and I could be jealous about Cleveland and, that, and Trent plays a guitar like a maniac. I wanted to be a guitarist. I survived five lessons and said, I'll never be able to do this. I just can't make my hand. I wanted to chord it like a piano. Just can't make my hand do this. Baylor, our oldest boy, he, he opened a closet door one time and there was my you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a real guitarist, so what do I do? I go out and buy myself an ovation. For those of you that don't know, that's an expensive guitar. And then it just sat in the closet because I quit. One day, Baylor opened the closet, he goes, hey, Dad. He's about 12. Hey, Dad, I didn't know we had a guitar. I said, we don't have a guitar. And he brings that thing out there and he plops it down like that. And he looks at it and he said, you know, I've been watching some chords on, the, on, 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 on YouTube. Check this out. I'm like, you. Give me that guitar. I'm going to beat you over the head with it right now. Just be, I could be jealous. I could be completely jealous about that. And Baylor is this crazy guitarist. And he only, how many lessons did he survive with you back in the day, Trent? 
What, 10? Just picked it up. Going back to the other jerk in my house. He decided not too long ago he's going to start playing a guitar. He didn't take a lesson one. And he's leading worship with a guitar. Just, just makes me sick. I know it. But, it, but, it, but at, least, well, at least you can't either. So, so we, we make good fishing partners. We talk the whole time. But, you know, the, the reality of that is, is that can you be satisfied with the part of the body that you play? If you're constantly thinking, well, I want to do this or I want to do that or I, I want to I be this or I want to be that. I, I, you know, I, I want to be you. I want to do what you do. And you know, I just kind of revert back to my son, Baylor. He used to say, hey, you, you just do you, boo-boo. You just do you, boo-boo. Because you're the best you that has, that has ever walked the planet. Because you are the only you that has ever walked the planet. You are the best version of you that can possibly be. And, and God has called you into this thing called the church, which is referred to as the body. What I really want to focus on in these last few moments of this message is each member belongs. Each member belongs. And the church is a place of belonging to one another. And that is relationships that bring genuine connections. To belong to one another is to build relationships that cause you to have genuine connections in your life. Because we need each other. I mean, even the ministry of Jesus Christ flows through the body, the church, the called out people who've come together as a local congregation to have a popular meeting. The gifts of the Spirit, the ministry offices of Christ are all distributed in the local church. In the local church. I mean, keep in mind, two-thirds of the New Testament are letters to the local churches, the local congregations, Ephesians, to the church at Ephesus, Philippians, to the church at Philippi, First and Second Corinthians, to the church at Corinth. I mean, when we read verses like 1 Corinthians 12, 7, written to the church at Corinth, the local congregation of called out people who were getting together with the popular meeting. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. I mean, there are two key phrases notice. Number one, to each one, that's each one of you. Everybody, everybody um, um, I'm going to make you talk to each other. Everybody... Look at the person closest to you and say, you are in each. I mean, you're either a he each or a she each, but you are in each. <laughs> should not have said, I should not have even gone there. <laughs> I, I, have been, I am not... I'm not <laughs> I am not in a way, I don't need to, yeah. I'm blaming, <laughs> I'm blaming it on the 73-year-old. Uh, the, the second phrase, the second phrase, I'm closing, Cleve. The second phrase is for the common good. 
for the common good. To each one, each one of us, everyone is an each, to each one for the common good. I mean, isn't it interesting that the base word for community, common. I mean, think about community if you look at it in a compound sense. Common unity. Community. Common unity. Common unity. The thing that makes a community is that people are connected under a unifying banner. And in the church, it's supposed to be more than just a meeting place. First Corinthians 12, 25 says it like this, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. By our words, by our deeds, by our faith. Church is a place. Yeah, I guess. But not really. Church is a people. A community. For healing and genuine connections. And we should have equal concern for the common good. Would you stand with me today? I've had fun. Thank you for letting me have fun today. I want to pray for us as a church, and then we're going we're gonna to go into um, our time of giving, and then we're going to go into our time of the connect tables in the foyer. But in this moment right now, I want, I want you as an individual, I think sometimes we just have to take a step back and recognize that there are, there are some dangers with genuine connections, okay? I mean, when you get, I'm, 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 you know, there are. You get, you get in a genuine connection, you get in a friendship, there's a, there's a possibility of being hurt, you know? It's there. It really is. And a lot of people, cause, that causes them to shy away from it. They'll say, well, no, I ain't getting close to nobody. I've been there. I know what that's like. So you know what? I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just not gonna be close to anyone, because you get hurt. You can get hurt. But I have discovered that um, those aren't the happy moments in my life when I isolate away. Those are the sad moments. The happiest moments in my life is when you have somebody in your life that will help you rip a hole in the wall and reach in and just grab the thing. I just grab it right on out of there. Here's the issue. We found it. We plugged that hole, by the way. That can't happen again, but here's the issue. The benefits of community. The benefits of common Unity, the benefits of genuine connection far outweigh any negative that may come. Far outweigh it. Far outweigh it. And when we have an open heart, when we're willing to just open our heart to community and say, you know what, I'm gifted for what I do and I'm, gonna, and I'm just going to be the best me and I'm just going to 
just pour my gifts out on, on the people that are around me. And we do that in connect groups. We do that in, 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 in other ways. But connect groups are a great place for people just to bond. When we decide to do that, and then we open our heart the other way and say, in the areas in my life that I need help, I'm going to be open for someone to be close enough to me. To be able to even see the look on my face and recognize that there's, there may be something going on here. There may be something going on here. Are you okay? I mean, isn't that, isn't that just a great feeling when you're going through something and someone, they're close enough. You have allowed them to be close enough to you that they can see it. They can see it in your eyes. They're, they're seeing something or they're smelling something or they're hearing something that something's going on. Are you okay? So such redeeming moments in, in our lives to just be able to say, no. No, I'm not okay. Man, why don't we, why don't we pray about that together? Oh, that would be great. That, that would help me. You need someone to talk to? Yeah, I need to get something off my chest. Yeah, important. So if you just bow your heads for a second, I'm going to just pray over us as a, as, as a blanket. And I'm just going to ask the Lord to help us open our hearts that we'd be able to speak from our gifts to others and that we would allow them to speak to us from their gifts. Father, I just thank you right now for your, for your help in this matter. I thank you for your word and your, your truth and this understanding that the church, this, this group of called out people that gather together for the common good of each other, that, that you would help every one of us to just recognize and realize our gifts. Help us, Lord, to, to give that which we have and help us to receive that which we don't have. Help us to be open to genuine relationships that, that our lives would just permeate with this idea of community. That our lives would permeate with this idea that, that I belong. I belong to the church. I belong to the people. I belong to them. I'm a part of the body. And I thank you today for your word and being enacted in our life in a very powerful and tangible way. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise because he's just good. He deserves a, a round of applause. All righty, we're going to end this service today with the time of, of giving. It's a part of our worship. Don't forget.